Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. Well, now the NHI, that's the National Health Insurance Bill, has been passed through. Do we have enough medical supplies, personnel in South Africa to implement this bill? And uh, are we in a position financially and what have you to implement it? Well, joining us on the line now, Jack Bloom, member of the Gauteng Provincial Legislature for the Democratic Alliance to unpack this issue. Jack, a very good afternoon to you, sir, and thank you for joining us. Yeah, good afternoon. Good to be with you. Great to have you on board, Jack. So, as I've mentioned, the NHI bill has been passed. We've got uh, concerns about uh, medical supplies, personnel issues. People are contending with high costs of living. We've got uh, the government. Well, we've got issues with the government, with how the country's been run at the moment. What is the DA's exact stance on the matter right now? Well, we're extremely concerned because, uh, I mean, this is really just the eschemization of of health, as <laughs> you, you mm-hmm. could put it, uh, a government takeover, a monopoly of, of uh, health resources, and, uh, you know, they might say that this is to provide access for all, but it's really just an excuse to, to get hold of a, a vast amount of funds, and uh, you've seen how badly state-run institutions are, are, are run. Uh, Eskom's a prime example, corruption, inefficiency, etc. But, I mean, our own uh, public health services so technically run. So now if the government uh, itself can't run a decent uh, uh, health service, uh, how on earth are they going to to manage a, a central NHI fund? Because it's a, it's, a, it's a funding mechanism and they're going to have to be tax increases. Well, they're that's the thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, well, they're going to appropriate what people are paying out of their private money for their own medical aids. I mean, that's the intention, really. Um, and there'll be this vast pot of money, which uh, it's uh, incredibly difficult to imagine will be efficiently and honestly run, going by precedent. And uh, the problem, you know, look, people are very scared of this bill, justifiably yeah. so. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I wouldn't say it's, it's a direct threat in the short term, because I, I do believe uh, um, the DA believes that it's unconstitutional. We are going to challenge it in court. There are various other interested parties that will be challenging it in the constitutional court. And, uh, you know, it probably uh, won't go ahead, particularly in, in, in the form that it's been presented to us now. Sure. Uh, the real problem in the short term is is that, uh, you know, skilled health professionals get worried and uh, leave the country. You know, the SA Medical Association has expressed this worry and, and, and uh, you know, independent uh, uh, medical professionals don't want to work for for uh, a vast and inefficient and corrupt government agency, and and we're losing a lot of skilled people now. You know, we we are really short of of health personnel. Uh, you know, we're going to lose a lot of our specialists and people who can do very well in in other countries because they're scared of this. Indeed, Jack. Uh, let, let, let's just uh, stay on that point. Uh, have you have you noted, or the party has the party noted until now uh, a distinct, shall we say, departure uh, going on already of of skilled personnel? Well, yes. I mean, even anecdotally, uh, you know, we all know of medical professionals uh, leaving the country, but that could be for many reasons. Uh, you know, other professionals are, are, are leaving as well, but specifically. Uh, in the field of health, uh, it is uh, seen as a uh, as a threat, and maybe not an immediate threat, uh, but uh, down the line, uh, 
you know, many people sort of mm-hmm. see the writing on the wall and they decide if they particularly if they younger people with children that they that they're going to relocate to to another country. Now, I, you know, if this is just a, an ideological thing by the ANC. They mm-hmm. they want to push it through and use it for electioneering, but um, I think it's going to do immense harm. It's just you know, very little right. uh, indication that it can be actually implemented. I mean, there's various various estimates of, of what it would actually cost to, to sure. implement it. But Treasury, I, I mean, you know, it's so badly thought through that uh, they haven't even got a, a proper estimate of cost from, from Treasury. We, we know that uh, Treasury, right. in fact, is quite sceptical about this. To right. Credit. Mm-hmm. Uh, the figures we've sort of heard is anything up from 400 billion to 700 billion. Um, you know, it actually incredibly makes Eskom look small. Uh, if, if <laughs> that's half our GDP, money, in fact, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, yeah, uh, right. Well, uh, well, yeah, but it, it's it's uh, substantial of our GDP if we're looking at it in comparison terms. Yes, yes, and 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 I mean, look, you you could look at the broad principle of of this bill. You know, people have private expenditure on transport, mm-hmm. on housing, on security. Yeah. Well, why don't you go and say, well, the amount of money you're spending on, on your own, uh, uh, you know, housing, your own transport, why don't we just put it all in a big pool and then everybody benefits? So, I mean, that's the fundamental flaw in this. And the other fundamental flaw is that, uh, in theory, we do have a universal access to health system because uh, people are not supposed to be turned away from our public hospitals. The problem is our public hospitals are so badly run mm. and it's not necessary because they're short of, of budget. The housing health uh, department budget is 60 billion rand. I mean, that's a wow. huge amount of money. In fact, uh, uh, 20 years ago, it wasn't much more than 6 billion rand. Mm. So the budget actually has grown immensely. It's just uh, very badly utilized. So eight of the nine provinces, uh, uh, the eight provinces run by the ANC have a terrible uh, provincial health department. Uh, the Western Cape uh, Health Department run by the DA is the only one that, that's had four clean audits in the last four years. So they show mm-hmm. that, you know, if you do spend available money properly, you can run uh, a decent uh, public health care. So I, I think the, the priority, of course, is to show that that uh, you know, public health care in all the provinces is run efficiently and effectively and sure. honestly, and and then you can talk about expanding the system. And uh, I, I think um, you know, there, there's there's lots of opportunities for uh, fruitful interaction between the public and private uh, health sector that is simply not being pursued because the government has this sort of grand ideological. Uh, uh, mission uh, to to uh, voice uh, public health care on everybody and get their hands right. on all this money. And That's really what it's about. You and, can be cynical yeah. about it because uh, everything else uh, that, they, that they try to run is just you know, just collapsed. Oh, as you've alluded to a pre-election, shall we say, tactic, you could say, Jack, if you don't mind, I'd like to keep you on the line and just unpack this issue a bit more. What we've got to do now, we just want to cross over to Rumbi, uh, our newsreader, just to give us a very quick uh, news update and we'll come back to you. It won't even take a minute, if you don't mind holding on. Jack? Not a problem. Jack Bloom, member of the Gauteng Provincial Legislature for the Democratic Alliance, unpacking exactly what this NHR bill and the implication it's going to have on the public. I'll be crossing back to Jack very shortly to just unpack this a bit further. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008.
It's just going half past four. If you've just joined us, welcome to the Afternoon Overdrive on 101.9 High FM. I'm Michael McKenna. Joining us on the line is Jack Bloom, member of the Gauteng Provincial Legislature for the Democratic Alliance. We're busy unpacking the implications of the National Health Insurance Bill, which has now been passed, and how we, well, we're trying to unpack now and, and have a look at how this is going to impact on everybody's pockets and how it will benefit people or not, depending on your viewpoint. Jack, thank you for staying on the line. You, you finished off talking about, you know, how the provinces are, are running at the moment and, you know, how this is painting a very dreary picture as to how, if that's the case, how an NHI uh, insurance uh, system would work. But I, I just like to go back to the financial um, implications of this. Um, okay, so the bill was passed. Perhaps it was in infancy, but I was just curious as to the financial model envisaged in this bill. How was it going to be paid for? What what was the grand idea behind that? Well, that's the the frustration in which the DA has tried to get uh, mm. uh, an indication of of uh, you know precisely how this is going to to be financed. Look, right. at the end of the day, they need to raise VAT for one and personal taxes and company taxes. That's really what what would need to happen. They will take away the tax credits that people presently get for their for their privately financed medical aids, and ultimately they want to take all the medical aid money and um, utilize it uh, in, in the NHI. So that's really the plan. But uh, the, the really, you know, it's, well, first of all, the, 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 the bill has been passed by the parliament. It's still got to go to the National Council of Provinces. So it, uh, it's still some time before mm. it actually gets signed by okay. the president. I think as soon as it's signed by the president, it's going to be challenged in court. So I would say that, uh, you know, in the short and even the medium term, there's very little feasibility sure. of this bill actually, of this act uh, being properly implemented as they envisage it. Uh, but uh, the logic of it is, yes, quite a huge uh, tax increase, unfortunately. But as I said, I think yeah. a huge part of it mm. will be deemed to be unconstitutional, hopefully. And uh, even more hopefully, uh, there'll be a change of government next year and we can get to a, a more rational system to provide uh, Healthcare to everyone. Well, indeed, until that happens, uh, Jack, for now, um, th- so you've outlined the Democratic Alliance's uh, outlook and uh, approach to this matter. Has the party liaised with perhaps any other concerned parties, such as uh, South African Medical Association, on this matter to just add strength oh, yes. to the issue? Yes, yes. You know, of course, we, we liaise with interested parties and, and, and these interested parties that make presentations to the Parliamentary Health Committee. And uh, there will be legal challenges by various uh, parties, including the Democratic Alliance. But, of course, first it has to be signed by the president after it's gone through the NCOP. Mm-hmm. So, uh, um, you know, you can only challenge it after that process has, sure. has gone through. And then, um, I, you know, as I said, I, I do think that, that mm-hmm. parts of, the, of this bill are definitely unconstitutional. And they'll have to go back to the drawing board, which is what Indeed. really needs to happen. Um, you know, it's just, just shows the attitude of the ruling party that they wanted to push this through, uh, mm-hmm. when, uh, you know, very logically based arguments were presented to them. They, they did, there were various proposed amendments, the DA's proposed amendments, and they were all shot down and they determined to, to push it through, uh, uh, for electioneering purposes, uh, mm-hmm. next year. But it would really be the ruin of the country because, you know, uh, professional people are not going to stay in a country where, 
where they're not able exactly. to access uh, uh, decent health care. And, right. with, uh, you know, every, a lot of people would uh, be very worried if uh, the government got their hands on on a huge pot of money and uh, with a terrible reputation for, for right. handling everything else. You know, the post office has just collapsed. Um, it's, it's hardly a government-run institution that, that is run properly. So what are they going to and now we're talking about people's health. Indeed, Jack. It's a right to be extremely, extremely concerned. And and the, the board that is supposed to oversee this fund is not independent. It will be appointed by the minister, and the DA has pointed that out. If you really want to, to run a, a, a proper national health system, you're going to have to have people of you know of the highest integrity and competence. And, and, and as we've seen with Eskom and, and other state uh, enterprises, is they just put their their their, their pals in there, and and then right. we get all sorts of shocking instances of corruption. So, um, you know, it, but but to allay people's immediate fears, no, this bill cannot be implemented in its present form in uh, the the near or even medium term. Sure. Uh, but it's it's there. It's been passed, mm-hmm. and uh, I think the scary thing is that. Uh, the ruling party has passed it and, and think they can get away with it. <laughs> Jack, so you mentioned that actually, well, you mentioned something that leads to my final question for, that I have for you, mentioning that, you know, we go to the polls next year and hopefully there's a change of government with a different perspective and outlook. My final question to you was going to be, as in all terms of what does the DA have in mind for a universal type medical scheme? What would be the DA's approach to this? Well, we've, we've actually got a, a health policy document, which we've spent a lot of time on. Mm-hmm. And we do believe in the principle of universal access to health care. We do believe in private-public partnerships and, and using uh, best resources uh, available. And uh, really, uh, you know, so we do have an alternate health policy. That's what I'm saying. But we also have a, a health department that is being run by the DA in the Western mm-hmm. Cape. So, People can compare the, how the Western Cape is running a health department with eight other provinces, and uh, uh, the difference is stark. So right. we do have experience running decent public health care in the Western Cape, and we'll use that experience uh, to, to provide decent health care nationally. But the, the priority really is to uh, fix up uh, public health first, and, and then we can look at some very fruitful interactions between the private and public health sectors and we need to train you know we're going to have a, a, a terrible scarcity of, of nurses mm. and doctors if we don't train more and employ them because we now have a situation with unemployed doctors but the nursing situation is that uh, for some bizarre reason they won't allow uh, private hospitals to, to train extra nurses so wow. the DA would <laughs> cut the, the red tape and, and make it you know far easier for for, for private training to, to, to so that we have uh, you know, more, more, uh, more uh, skilled people in our medical system because we are going to face crunch time uh, when, uh, you know, people retire mm-hmm. in, the, in the quite near future and we don't have sure. enough people for, uh, for a medical system of any kind, private or public. Indeed, Jack. Jack, we're going to have to leave it there. Thank you so much for taking this time to chat to us and uh, just giving us an overview as to what uh, the Democratic Alliance's position is on the NHI bill and, of course, uh, yeah, what you have, what we are facing and, of course, uh, what you have, uh, what you have recommended as an alternative to what's being proposed right now. Jack Bloom.